Can Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Curtis, Wilbur Curtis, Curtis Coffee Brewers. They brew coffee. What do you think of Curtis, Cheryl's? Oh, they're awesome, dude. Are they a hot new thing? They're the hot new thing. How hot are they? Super hot. Hot like in hot fuego? Hot fuego, dude. Like, are they hotter than a hot sandwich? Oh, yeah. Hot sandos. How hot is the hot sandwich? Super hot. How hot is the water out of the Curtis? Oh, fire. 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 Or whatever you want it to be. You can program the crap out of that thing. You can use it straight up out of the box. You probably never programmed a brewer, huh, Cheryl's? I have not. You don't even need to, do you? No. Coffee tastes great, doesn't it? It does. Am I leading the witness? Yes. Exactly. That's the whole idea. And Curtis will lead you to fun and delicious flavors that your whole family, staff, and customer base can enjoy. And that's why the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Curtis. It's hot. Dope. We're going to talk on the ocean. Have you ever walked on the ocean? <laughs> uh, I've never walked on the water, no. Today is your day. Yeah, Isn't there a song about walking on the water? There is. Yeah, there's many. There's many. <laughs> oh, there you go. If you what? look straight, those are dolphins. Oh, okay, cool. Like That's the first off. time I've ever seen dolphins before. Yeah, so hey, everybody. This is the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Uh, I have partner and senior vice president of sales for Cafe Imports, Noah Namowitz, who hey. has been awesome enough to fly out for a day uh, to see good old Santa Cruz. And I brought him over to Westcliff to sit on, on the ocean because, again, one day. And we're sitting, and I said, we'll probably see a whale or something. And then there's literally a pot of, like, 20 dolphins jumping in front of us. So, hey, welcome, Noah. Thank you. Yeah, this is, I'm just tripping out right now looking <laughs> at these dolphins that are just, like, basically saying what's up to us as we're sitting doing this podcast. I'm also going to be honest with you, that's that's a larger pot of dolphins than I'm used to seeing even. So, I think they're here to welcome you. There's a couple babies in the front over there on the <laughs> left. You can see them with their moms. They're the little tiny dorsal fins. I so wish we had video right now so you guys can see this. This is crazy. I know. know. You can totally pull out your phone and get a little snap (laughs) if you need. I'm not going to be offended at all. Uh, Um, So Noah and I have a a really long standing relationship since years and years back. Thanks to Noah, I got to go on my first ever, well, not only Noah, Cafe Imports, I should say. Noah was my human connection at the time. I got to go to Costa Rica after winning the regional briefs competition, and I got to have the most influential experience of my life at the time, which was insane. Since then, I've had kids and, you know, gotten married. Actually, I was already married, but I had kids, and <laughs> that was also pretty huge. Right. Yeah, but, um, and, and exciting enough, actually, in about two weeks, I get to go back to Costa Rica for my first time since 2012. Back to the scene of the crime. Back to the scene of the crime, and I'm, I'm so, so, so excited to do that. Um, mm. So yeah, Noah and I have a long relationship, but at that time you were not a partner and I think you were doing something different. So let's just take this back. Give us like the 30 second pregame sum up of who is, who is Noah and what do you, what do you do now? Yeah. So, um, I, I'm originally from Milwaukee, um, grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, um, at that time, like when I was in high school and stuff like that, there's a company called Altera. Um, and I really was kind of drawn to coffee because of them. I, the thing that they did well at that time and now Colectivo does well now is they just make coffee fun. Yeah. And so, you know, you go into a shop, there's like the theatrics of like, you know, where like Scott Lucy used to work on Prospect where they would have the roastery. They would basically you'd order a bag of roasted coffee. They'd put it on a pulley system, sling it down to the front of the shop. It would drop in a basket. And it's just like diff- thinking about coffee yeah. in different ways. Right. And so that's really kind of what got me what got me hooked in, in coffee. Um, but uh, I, I my first real job in coffee was actually in Cafe Imports after graduating from school okay. in, in Minnesota. 
Nice. So you went to school in Minnesota. Yep. Oh, yeah, I actually started. I went to school in Boulder first okay. uh, for a little bit. And so I, you know, at that time when I was graduating, I was basically just like, I wanted to get away. I, I just felt like I needed to go somewhere. I needed to do something to have an experience. And so I went to Boulder. I didn't realize that like you actually had to go to class and stuff. So right. uh, you Boulder, don't have to. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> uh, Boulder didn't end so well for me, okay. but uh, it kind of taught me that like if I wanted to, if I wanted to get, if I wanted to do anything in life, I had to work for it. And right. so that's really the lesson I took away from that. It was just that it's like you're not just going to be handed stuff. So I so I left Boulder, kind of worked for a couple years, um, then decided to go back to school. And so after I went back to school uh, in Minnesota, that's where there's a shop called Copland's, which is actually where Ryan Wilbur used to work. Okay. Uh, Andrew Milstead, Milstead wow. and Company in Seattle, yeah. they all came up through this shop. And at that time, he had like two clovers. Uh, oh, was that's serving, special. <laughs> was serving George Howell coffee. And so like I remember going to that shop the first time and like looking at a temperature reading on a brewer was like, what? Totally. That, that matters, right? So that type of stuff really planted those seeds for me of like, coffee is amazing. Like, this is so cool. And so that was my spot. That's like where I studied. That's where I hung out. And then when I was graduating from school, you know, I had heard about Cafe Imports through a family friend and, uh, and interviewed and basically just got a job kind of doing whatever, like sample roasting, answering phones. Okay. Just, just kind of started, uh, just started from the bottom. Started from the now bottom. Now you're here for show. <laughs> that is crazy yeah so you had that experience where you kind of left left home had that crazy maybe not crazy but that college living in a different world like oh mm. growing up's growing up's lame but it has to happen right right <laughs> which we all did and then now it's it became time to focus and man you got your foot in the door at, Co at cafe imports yeah and what when was that so i started working at cafe imports in 2010 okay so 2010 and at that point Correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't have the origin trip thing going on, right? No, yeah, that was one thing. And I know that it's funny because we were just talking about this too, but just like, you know, the advantage of not being in the coffee industry and then coming into the coffee yeah. industry is that fresh perspective. Yep. And so one of the things that, <clears throat> that I saw is that like, you know, Cafe Imports was always really focused on just coffees that like baristas would be excited about the types of coffees that really quality focused roasters are excited about. But importers at that time were like these sort of like faceless yeah. companies or it's just like, you know, we're doing all this cool stuff. We weren't doing the best job at that time of maybe talking about it. And I don't think really anybody was. And so I looked at these barista competitions of like, man, there's so much energy and excitement and innovation and all this stuff. So I went to, at that time, the Great Lakes Regional. Right. Yeah. Which, which was one of the hot regionals. <laughs> that was, yeah. So, like, uh, young Mike Phillips, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Scott Lucy, Ryan Knapp. Um, yeah. Trevor, just all those guys were competing, right? Yeah. And it was in Milwaukee, so I got to go. I stayed with my folks, and I basically just pitched it like, hey, I'm going to go scope this out. Mm -hmm. And so we had realized that we're like, hey, let's award a, um, an origin trip, you know, something that we know, to the baristas that are really kind of pushing the envelope. And so that was like the beginning of like the quote unquote barista origin trip. And then that was formalized into the, the five year run that we had with, with the USBC. Yeah. yeah. Where was the first origin trip? It was to Brazil. Okay. First one was to Brazil. <laughs> yeah. So it was myself and then um, Tim Chapdelaine who worked at Cafe Imports at that time. Uh -huh. And uh, and then, yeah, now Joe Morocco was on that trip. Okay. Who works with yeah, me, yeah. Roaster Joe. Joe's fantastic. Um, yeah. Ryan Knapp. There was a really good group of people. Oh, Michael yeah, Ryan won two years in a row, right? Ryan won two years in a row. Yeah. So he went to Costa after. Mm -hmm. Michael Harwood. 
Uh, Pete, okay. La- Pete Licata, uh-huh. Alejandro Mendez. So that was that year. Okay, Philip so Search. Totally. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, so that year I got third. I rem- Okay, I'm just trying to take myself back. I was like, where was I? What was happening? So that was 2011 then, yeah? Yeah. Was the first year that happened? Yep, yep. Yeah, okay, cool. So I got on the second trip. Rad. Trying to, yeah, I was connecting those dots. Now, so that was your idea, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that we sort of looked at it as a team of like, well, how can we be more involved? Yeah. You know, and... um and yeah, I kind of did a little bit of the research, yeah, you know, just to see if we have something we wanted to do. And then, yeah, they, you know, I was just trusted enough to be like, yeah, let's do it, you know, and let's figure it out, see how to do it best. And it's kind of a big deal to take a big group of people on another part of the world. Yeah, you know? it's a huge so, deal. Right. Um, so just, you know, we learned a lot in that first year of like things to do, things not to do, mm-hmm. planning some rest days, you know, like it just, right. it's, oh, it's yeah, nonstop. The first time you went pretty long, right? Was yeah, it a long trip? Yeah, it was like nine days or yeah, something. People yeah, people were just dead right, totally. yeah. some people were dead so i mean i think that like and you know too from traveling a little bit is that like it's cool the trips are great but any any buyer anyone that travels to a coffee producing country will tell you the days are super long yeah car rides are super long you're mm-hmm. meeting with people and just like talking and being engaged and switched on for the whole day you're yeah. exhausted at night yeah it's not glamorous <laughs> it's not it, it sounds yeah, glamorous it sounds, i mean there's parts yeah. of it that are for sure but there's parts of being a barista that are too. So, but totally, I totally feel you. And everybody does travel differently. I mean, Chris, he's not sitting here with us today, but he would be the first to admit he does not travel well. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's like something he talks about pretty openly on here. He doesn't, he doesn't like being in airplanes. He doesn't like being on long trips. He likes, he likes routine. And so, yeah, being going to origin and having things being, pretty shook up probably right. tires certain people out yeah and that's fair everybody's different yeah and i think that like being being present is one of the things that really it was a it's something for me that is a it's it's a life uh challenge for me is just to like be in the moment right and they talk like everyone talks about like oh it's about the journey it's you know it's not about like the end goal and stuff but i think that that's really you kind of put a magnifying glass in that in origin because it's like you just need to be where you are realize that like you're visiting someone's house like this is where they work like it's so intimate that we're like on this tour bus right or whatever like basically stopping and it can just sort of seem like not real yeah but I think that for me, the times that are most impactful is when I'm just like, hey, what if this was my farm? Like, right. what if someone was visiting me from halfway around the world that uh, enjoys, like, the thing that I'm producing? It's, like, such a big deal. Yeah. So I just try to always really stay in that moment of just that it's, like, this is a big deal for the person that we're seeing. And I'm going to try to make the most of it and be 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 right here with them. I totally resonate. When I when I did get to go to Costa Rica, and, and even when I was in Guatemala, the... So much of my life here has to do with planning and and trying to work towards an end goal and many different end goals, you know, as a business owner now. I loved so much being able to almost have the freedom and almost the past to be like, you don't have, you can just be here. Yeah. And and learn and experience whatever's in front of you next. And man, that is so refreshing for me. (laughs) It's like so life-giving. Right. And and beyond that, beyond the part of, you know, that it's easy, it's really neat for me to, to connect with those people, you know, like I'll never forget the Aguilera brothers that first year (laughs) and just, you know, how excited they were that we were excited and that we brewed them coffee and then, you know, soccer and food. And it all ended up being kind of spontaneous where it was like, we were going to leave, but then we decided to stay and eat dinner, you know, (laughs) right? it's just stuff like that when it's like the human connection is what makes everything matter anyway. And yeah, so I totally resonate with that. It's, it's been really cool. Okay. So you got origin trips going, you learned a lot about origin trips, but at that time, so you were in sales at that time, right? 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had sort of been like kind of a hybrid role of kind of overseeing our marketing, right. um, which at that time was just like, now it's a completely different animal with our creative director, Andy Ryland, who I actually went to high school with. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we awesome. went to high school together and he actually used to print our shirts. And so I knew Andy and we had kind of decided that like our branding and all the needs that we had just in terms of telling the story of yeah. the places we buy coffee from we needed more resources behind that because we felt like that was our biggest challenge and our biggest priority is making sure we do justice to those stories mm -hmm. and so andy now is full-time as our creative director my meister um is basically writing full-time now she's uh telling different stories about the different farms we buy from the different programs we have uh managing editor so she's just absolutely killing it yeah and then they actually just hired a new guy victor uh who just moved to minnesota from puerto rico on tuesday oh snap <laughs> yeah so he's like that's gonna be different dude it's a it's like he's super <laughs> talented like you should see his portfolio it's amazing but he applied to this job and we're, you know, he's just like Puerto Rico obviously is, is having a really hard time right now yeah. and there just isn't a lot of work, but he's like, I, I'm, I'm really vibing on what you guys are doing and I want to move to Minnesota. So he moved to Minnesota with his wife and dogs. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. That is awesome. Switch up. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in sales. I mean, I suppose like, um, just to kind of like back up a little bit, yeah. I mean that, that like transition we touched on like when I went to Boulder and then sort of left was like that's that point I'd say like that's probably the most pivotal point in my life because that's really when I decided that like I needed to I needed to like figure out what the value of work was and kind of what mm. I wanted to do with my life right mm -hmm. and so at that point like I was kind of in the depths of like drinking too much addiction problems like stuff like that so i had made the decision to actually to get sober okay um and that's really the precipice of why i moved to minnesota okay to begin with separate from I, the the area where you did that or well i mean that but also just because i needed to go to treatment you okay know? so okay. yeah so i went to treatment. went to treatment nice got well stuck around but i mean i think that we talked about this earlier too but like that was, I had up until that point, I had never really accomplished anything. Mm. And like, we had talked about this just in relation to CrossFit, which I'm sure right. we'll get, we'll get to you in a minute, but, yeah. uh, but like as much or more than they want to <laughs> right. know. Um, but that journey was like, I, that's the first thing I had accomplished was like basically putting it down. Yeah. Right. And so like saying like, Hey, if I want to do something with my life, I can't live this way anymore. Yeah. And so the ability to like move to Minnesota to stop doing, to stop drinking and stop doing drugs and alcohol was like the first big accomplishment I yeah. had in my life. And at that point too, I was like way out of shape. I had like, I, I, I weighed like 250 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. I can't I, even I, imagine I, a 250 pound you. It's crazy. So that was like, okay, cool. I can get clean. I can do that. And then the next phase was like, all right, now I need to try to get my health together. Like get, yeah. get, get that. So I had lost a bunch of weight. And so those are the first two things of like, okay, I can set my mind to something, I can try to accomplish something, and I can do it. And so like the the satisfaction of being able to set your mind to something and basically saying, hey, I don't have control over this, mm -hmm. was really what allowed me to try to go back to school, um, to try to do like all of these things that I just knew that is like, I... I could accomplish. And I think that that's the thing too that we were talking about before with CrossFit, that it's like, Every time the clock goes three, two, one, go, it's a super daunting thing. That's like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you get those nervous, like, 
I'm going to do a hard workout. I probably should maybe pee or maybe maybe poop a little. I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm going to do something hard today. Yeah, totally. But like you get you get that sense of accomplishment, and mm-hmm. so like all of these things are just basically building on uh, your. Um, it's, it's basically just building on your ability to have some confidence in yourself, right. and, and to and to know that you're ca- more capable of maybe what you think than, that than what is you huge. think. Yeah, that is that is huge, and I think that really. The community aspect, so kind of how this long story, how this ties back into coffee, yeah. is that like basically I think that anyone that tells you that has went on the journey of like going, getting into sobriety will tell you that it's like you go from being in this place where you're super self-centered. Right. Like I think if you had to boil addiction down to one component, it's that you only think about yourself. Right. It's like, how do I fix this thing that's super selfish? And and it's your only, you're in your 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 own your own perspective, your point of view. Yeah. What you're trying to do basically when you get clean is you won't go from looking with blinders on to going up to the corner of the room and trying to see like the whole mm. pers- the, the whole the whole scene, right? right? So you go from like the point of view to the viewing point. That's what I like to say because um, when you can see outside of yourself, right you're able to be of service to other people. Right. That's how you get better. But also that's how it is in CrossFit. Yeah. You're of service to other people by just showing up and sort of suffering with them. Yeah. And I think that in coffee too, that's kind of the tie back where coffee really, really drew me in because it's like, we're able to create a community of people that appreciate certain thing, Mm -hmm. uh, that are working towards a common goal. Um, and I think that really that community aspect, there's sort of those, that, that thread that goes from like my sober community, the CrossFit community and the coffee community. And I think that's why I've stuck around so long. That is, so you just, okay, that was a huge, huge portion and it was an (laughs) awesome portion, but you, you hit a bunch of awesome things. And the first one, even though I have more questions, I love the move from the point of view to the viewpoint. Yeah. And, and it's a similar idea that we look at our customer service, our guest experience, is like try to see it through the guest size. So there's a couple, there's like one small thing we do, and it's that if you are off, you're not an employee at our, at, we have an actual enjoyment policy. Like you're not allowed to talk to anybody who doesn't, who's not at work about work. Hmm. So there's no, for me included, if I, it's on my day off, you're not going to hear from one of the team members about I need this or I need that or any of that stuff. Mm. We want people to be able to experience our stores as a guest, but we want that for multiple reasons so that they don't feel like they can't come to their own shops and and enjoy them. But on the other point, so that they can come in and and try to have fresh eyes even as a guest Mm. and to be able to say, and some of them have them and like, Hey, I got treated way nicer than, you know, that person behind me and it made me feel weird. And I'm like, yes, that's what we needed. But that's also aside from our shop, move from the point of view to the what was it to the, the viewing point viewing point is yeah. such an awesome awesome thought to just have in general about everything it's like see what's going on in the big pitch picture even though you will need to come and see it from your point of view at times to yeah. be able to do that is huge totally yeah i mean that's like the i went to a i went to an all guys jesuit high school yeah and the jesuits are like real serious about a lot of stuff but one of the things that they're all about is like this balance of body mind and soul so okay. it's like you got to be a, you got to be all about your academics. Mm-hmm. You should be taking care of your body. 
but also the spirituality aspect comes into service. Yeah. And so that's like, it's, it's like the answer to most problems, I think. And I think that this translates into coffee and, or getting well or doing whatever yeah. is that like, as soon as you are of service to other people, right. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to worry about my own problems. I'm going to try to help somebody else out. It's like, oh, now I feel better. Right. It's it's usually the last thing we true. think about, yeah. but it's like when we're able to take ourselves out and yeah. just basically be of service to other people, it makes us feel better. It is interestingly weird and, and totally true how that happens. And it's something that is, I don't know what it is, but it's like you can tell yourself that over and over again, but unless you just continuously practice it, you yeah. can almost convince yourself that it's not the truth, right? Because right. we're, I think humans are naturally <laughs> selfish. <laughs> we totally, totally are. Yeah. And it is, it is kind of the default to be selfish. Right. And I don't think either of us are talking about giving up self-care at the, and then like healthy boundaries at the expense of yourself for other people. But no, but you're totally right. It's something that it's like, we talk about it again at our shop. It's, it's, Hey, the more you help everybody around you, the more you make it about we, not me, weirdly the happier you're going to feel and you might not feel that way right now but trust me trust us if you if you do that everything is going to be easier everything's going to feel better you're going to have so much more energy and even though you might not realize in the moment that's why that's why totally it's so weird and it's so awesome how much making everybody else happy around you can just make you happier yeah but we like we talk about so we had i'd mentioned to you that we sort of rally behind a theme yeah at caffeine ports like yeah. every year we'll pick a book we'll pick a theme right and like last year our theme was goodness and so we talked about the idea though the what you had just mentioned that it's like you have to be good to yourself first yeah and that is selfish yeah but if you're not good to yourself first you're not capable of being good to yeah. other people so we talk about going from being good to yourself first so that's both spiritually emotionally physically mm -hmm. you have to basically show up like ready yeah good to go then you can be good to your team yep and then your team can be good to your customers. Mm -hmm. And then that larger sort of team can be good to the people that we buy coffee from. Yeah, you still got a model. Yeah, it's a circle of goodness, yeah. right? So, but it always starts with like, you got to be good to yourself. Yeah. So that's where it's like, you got to take time. You got to do what you need to do, whether that's yoga, meditation. Um, CrossFit. CrossFit. <laughs> whatever, the, whatever that yeah. is. Surfing. Whatever that is that basically like gives you those moments mm -hmm. where you're like... <sighs> It's hard to explain, but there, like, I think everyone has kind of had those moments where things just make sense. Right. It just clicks. You're like, oh shit, like my existence right now makes sense. Yeah. Whether that's on the water, whether that's during a wad, yeah. whether that's whatever, like those moments when we're at peace, those are the things that really fuel, I think, us being able to be good to other people because mm -hmm. we're not stressed out. Right. So right. we got to take time to do that. So we really encourage that mm -hmm. with our staff of like, find that thing, right. whatever that is for you so that you can show up to work and, and, and we can kind of do this thing together. Yeah. If the lifeguard drowns, so does everyone else. Exactly. That's what I always say. I like that. I <laughs> yeah. like that. That's good. Well, it was like one of those things you learn when you're, when you're in lifeguard training is they're like, if you're going to go, if the waves are going to push you into, you're saving somebody. And if the waves are going to push you into the pier, what do you do? And everybody's like, you put yourself in between it. And they're like, no, you put the person in between it because if you die, so do they. Like and that. it's like, oh man, that's good. And that's gnarly. But then you're like, okay, in real life, if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. Yeah, we don't have the ocean metaphors in Minnesota, but we maybe have like an ice fishing one. Where that's probably <laughs> way scarier. Dude. Somebody falls to the ice, don't go. Oh to my that gosh, spot. that's terrifying. <laughs> that's like one of the. That's like one of my worst nightmares right there. You might be afraid of the ocean. Yeah, I see, I see you on the ice. I'm all. It's probably fine. 
Yeah, no, I went ice fishing with my buddy the other day, and uh, and I, I'm not really a big ice fisherman, but we were driving his truck out on to the middle of the oh, lake, yeah, right? Sketched out the whole time. Super sketchy, but like he also had this jacket, and I was kind of looking at his jacket, and I was like, wow, that's like a pretty serious jacket. And he's like, oh yeah, it's it's uh, it actually floats like in case we fall in, and he had like ice picks on it and stuff like that. Oh, but cool. then I felt like super insecure that I had none of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thanks for telling me, I guess. He's all, well, that's cool. If I fall in, I'm good. <laughs> right. You're all, he's all, if you fall. And I got ice picks. Exactly. <laughs> right. That doesn't help me. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. So wait. Okay. Now backing up to when you decided to go and get help. Yep. Did you have like people supporting you, or was that like a you know was that like an all you like I'm doing this? No. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it was kind of like I had gotten to a point where it was like people just weren't weren't willing to like help me out anymore you right. know where it was like that's that's that point of like they call it like healthy detachment yeah where it's like you know we've probably all had people in our lives where it's just like they keep making the wrong decision totally. right and it's like you can help them you can be there but at a certain point you just got to be like if you're not willing to get help and like get well i'm like not down to support this anymore yeah no and you have to yeah kind of break the wrist walk away <laughs> you do yeah, yeah and that's super hard but i i'm really thankful that i had people in my life some of my best friends and my family that were just like like, if you're not going to get help, like, we're not willing to help you anymore. Right. So, um, so yeah. And, and then and then there were a couple people, and this is really interesting, but when I had first kind of made the decision, there were, like, three people that came out of the woodwork that I didn't know that they were sober. But now thinking back, like, just that sort of, like, goodness in their eyes and just, like, that kind of healthy glow, I guess, that they had about them. Yeah. Looking back now, I realized that they seemed to kind of be on a good path in life. Mm -hmm. But they came and visited me and were like, hey, I'm, like, you know, 20 years sober and like I've, I've been through, I've been where you're at. Huh. So that pers that experience, people offering their experience to me, it was probably the best thing because it made it seem possible. Right. You know, so that's, right. that's kind of what I try to do now. And that's kind of why I even just mentioned this on this podcast is because it's like, you know, people struggle all the time and they got to, we got to know that like, whether it's with addiction or mental, mental health stuff that like other people have been there. Oh yeah. And it's totally cool to ask for help and you shouldn't ever feel like it's something that you can't talk about because mm -hmm. through sharing our experience, that's how other people get well too. Totally. It strengthens you and it helps you to feel like you're not alone. Cause I totally. feel like that's something that addiction does to people is it makes you feel alone. Yep. And sometimes it does drive you to actually physically be alone. Yeah. More often than not. Yeah, yeah for sure. So like, totally. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but I have a sister and she's 10 years off the deep end in that way. And she's tried rehab like four times and same thing. Just we had to do the healthy boundaries thing because it's, it's until tough. the time is right. And it's totally sad. But it's like until she decides to make an effort on that part, it's just like that's what it is at this point. But totally. Yeah, it's that's hard. It's awesome to see that you got through it. And there's there's that's a hard. lot of people out there who do that hard work. And man, obviously you're successful, successful now, which is great. You got a family. You're yeah. crossfitting. Yeah, yep. Six-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, but yeah, I think that that's that's what you and I I think have in common, just in terms of like how we adapt that mentality to the to our businesses. Yeah, you know, and that's what we were talking about when we got coffee earlier. Is just that it's like for me, my passion these days is culture. Yeah, like me I'm too. I'm more about that now, figuring out how to empower the people around us and the people around me to be successful. Mm -hmm. That's like my number one thing right now. Yeah. And so I done a, I did a symposium talk a couple years ago um, about that, where I just really got to talk to other companies. Like I interviewed companies that I felt like had good cultures, at least what I felt like yeah. from the outside Yeah, yeah. and, and learned a lot, you know what I mean? And basically it came down to like w essentially what you guys do, which is hire good people. Like, yeah. like, like the coffee experience for me, 
is like that's secondary mm-hmm. we, we need to hire people that are about what we're about yeah and and value our mission and um want to be a part of a team yeah and the skill stuff we can teach that like i'm not interested with the exception of some of the like trading components and some accounting stuff like really narrow skill set people yeah i'm not i'm not as interested in that yeah i've totally i yeah i resonate with that one so tell me i don't what is the mission of cafe imports yeah so we talk about increase decrease share okay. so it's um increase the quality of life um for all those involved from tree to cup yep um decrease our impact uh on Perfect. the environment yep um and share through education and example awesome so increase decrease share that's like big you know and, and we're you know some people use the word like sustainable and things like that and we're not um Coffee buying by nature isn't like yeah. us traveling around the globe to source a coffee. Um, the carbon footprint of that alone is yeah. just, it's not. Totally. So we try to make small improvements and we call it our progress. Um, and education, that's like our, our, we believe that if we can share the things that are in our heads about what we know about coffee production, coffee buying, coffee sourcing, that it increases the perceived value of nice coffees yeah. and ultimately will push prices up for coffee farmers totally and so like we've always had an open source platform for our education which i think is unique in the in 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 our space totally um but basically it's like if we can if we can get it out of the person's head and we can get it into a format that we're proud of we put it on our site and we share it for free yeah and and so if you guys you know it's cafeimports.com right yeah. yeah so everybody out there go check that out it's totally true and then also noah wrote before we had our podcast, we started blogging. That's and right. Noah wrote a really, really epic blog about direct trade versus fair trade, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And just, uh, it's a really, really great article. You can go back and read it on our on our blog. It's in there. It's, it's called The Direct is, Selectors. Yeah, Noah Nemowitz. And so he crushed that too. So you can learn a little bit more about perspectives there. But I do have to say something in a good way. In a good way. Like it would be a bad way. <laughs> in a good way, Noah. Uh, I just like that you, I like that you didn't use the term sustainability just because, for, for a number of reasons. First of all, it seems authentic because it, it makes sense. And it's also, you're not just picking a buzzword right. that everybody and their dog is using. And whether or not it's true, when, when, when a word gets thrown around so much, it just, it almost, almost loses power. You know, it's like yeah. farm to table and, and all these things that are so meant to be good. And then the people who are doing it appropriately or like whatever, to the best of their ability, somebody else is all, oh, that's working for them. I'm going to do that too, but maybe not quite the same, but I'm going to use the same term and down the line. And all of a sudden everybody's using farm to table and you're like, it doesn't even mean anything right. anymore. So yeah. I actually applaud you and I like that you have a, a mission that is, yeah, you can sum it up quickly, but there's a lot of depth to that. That is awesome. Yeah, Meister, Meister coming on board, I'd say, is probably the biggest driver for us to really look at. Things like that, like yeah. words. I mean, I'm a, um, I mean, if you can't tell, I'm like a zero or a 10 guy. So like I, I either am totally not interested in something or I like move probably too fast sometimes on stuff. Um, but, <laughs> You're my boy, dude. I'm probably the same way. I'm like zero or 10 on everything. <laughs> but but Meister's really intentional about that stuff. So she, um, you know, looked back and is like, what is the best, what's the best way that we can talk about this, you know? And so we look at little things like we have a commuter rewards program. And this is actually something that I feel like maybe we'll develop some, a talk to do at some point because there are little things that we did as a company 
that did decrease our carbon footprint. Like one of one one thing is that we're carbon neutral, and and we as a company, and that's through a partnership um, that we have with a company in Honduras that that um, plants trees and builds uh, stoves. Um, but secondly, like this, the, we do this commuter rewards where people carpool into work. We mm. compost. We switched going from uh, the port on trucks with our containers of coffee to the rail, and that decreased our carbon footprint by like five or six percent. Yeah, that's um, huge. And so wow. yeah, so we publish now, and again, this is the brainchild of our marketing department. Is we publish an annual progress report, which basically looks back at like. You know, all the things we did good, some things that we didn't do so good at. Yeah. Um, but it basically it provides accountability for us, but it provides accountability to our customers as well to be like, hey, here are the things that they did. That is. Okay, wait. So how, how did you, when did you decide or how did that all work? I mean, to be able to go, okay, how do we reduce our carbon footprint? And then, you know, you said a couple different things there, but even just going to rail... You know, is like okay. Was was that easy? Was you know, like how did this all work? I'm, I don't think it's easy. Yeah, just from the outside looking in, that's that was probably a big deal. All of it. Yeah, you have to. We had somebody that really spearheaded it. So yeah. it was kind of like looking at compartmentalizing all the operations that we have as a company, and right. then looking at like where can we tweak things, where can we increase right. efficiency. But basically, we had to have like a working group or a task force that uh -huh. just sort of looked. I mean, task force is such a lame word, but like a working group. Where it's, yeah, yeah there's basically just people that are meeting. Like okay let's tear everything apart like if we had to start over today what could we do different mm, yeah um, I feel like that's a question I hear that you ask your people yeah what do you mean that exact question. If we, if you own this, if you were in charge of this whole business, yeah, right. So we do that. Yeah, that's the that's the infamous elevator pitch meeting. Yeah. yeah, and this is so. When I went to school at St. Thomas, I studied entrepreneurship. Yeah, and so my family, like my mom and my dad and my grandpa, he was a cheesemaker, and they all have always owned their own businesses. So I okay. come from a family of that. So I went to school with, for entrepreneurship. But one of the things that I love is that you know entrepreneurship. Uh, courses really push you to sort of think about things differently. Yeah. It's like, don't just accept that, like, hey, this is the way it's been done, so let's do it. Yeah. Like, no. Like, I, we, we can do things differently, and that's the reason why I would never want to work for a huge company is because I don't, I, I would hate not being nimble yeah. in, in that sense. Totally. Um, so anyways, yeah, what we do, what you just alluded to is that every year, basically, we tell our whole staff that it's like, okay, you have the keys to the to the company. Like, unlimited budget, unlimited control, what would you do? Yeah. And so some of the biggest ideas uh, that we've come up with have been from the people that we work with every day that are already mm -hmm. there in our company that have good ideas yep. that are looking at things differently than we are. Um, and so we invite that, you That's know, and so not big. every idea is a great idea, of course, um, but the ones that are good, yeah, we, we not only take those ideas, but in those instances, we've allowed those people to run them. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of the other cool thing is that it's like, I'm all about that. I'm all about that hustle life. So it's like, if you want it and you want to do it, that's really like the proving ground of like, hey, do you want to take ownership of yeah. this thing? You know, and if you do, and it's not, you know, we've certainly have maybe put people in over their heads at certain times, and and you know, that's that's something that you know we've learned from. But yeah. I think that like in general, if somebody really has a passion about something and believes in it, they're the best person to do it. Yes, sir. We we actually have a really similar belief in our company. So much so that in orientation, there is the five, we have five steps to an effective pitch. Nice. And it is to that, it is everything you said. It's like, if you have the passion for it and the idea, we want to hear it. Yeah. Here's how. And even in one, one part of that pitch, uh, those five steps is 
kill it, try to try to find a way for it, a reason for it not to work. That's or that awesome. it, like why it wouldn't apply. Yeah. You know, and it's all in the context of our values and our company vision and mission, which we share. And it's like, hey, if this lines up and it's going to make our company better, please bring it. Like, totally. Don't, don't hesitate because we want it to be better and we want you to feel valued and it's, you're important. I mean, and that's, it, I know that, I know that you guys have a really rigorous like interview process and you guys mm-hmm. are, and you guys really hire good people, but that's the thing that I'm, I'm pretty involved still at St. Thomas where I went to school in the entrepreneurship program oh, where, cool. yeah, I go back and talk to those kids a lot and, and do, do talks and kind of judge their business plan competition and stuff. And that's Rad. one of the, one of the areas that I try to give back. But, um, the thing that I tell them is that like, Honestly, the, these days, like getting a good interview of someone that just is like ready to show up and like work hard. Like if you can demonstrate that in an interview, you will get a job. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the pieces where it's like goes back to just that. It's like, do you have that fire? Do you have that drive? Can you see that inside yourself? And can you demonstrate that effectively? Mm-hmm. You know, because those people that have interviewed well, they're working for us now. Yeah. Because like, if I see that in somebody, I, I don't want to let them go. Yeah, totally. You know, but that's rare. I'd say these mm-hmm. days more rare. And I don't want to sound like some like old curmudgeon, but it's like, it's tough to get a good, to find a good one. Right. I'm starting to feel that way. <laughs> I mean, I'm not starting to, but I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I, I feel like we're blessed because our team has been so good and we keep finding awesome people, but I totally agree. There's something, <laughs> this generation, I, I hate know, that, no, but there is that. a generation or there's a people, there's a group. I don't know what it is, but man, maybe it's honestly technology where things have just become so easy Yeah, that hard physical, like work where you have to commit to something and just like see it through maybe seems like it's it happens less than it maybe used to when we were a little bit younger i think you're right i mean like this is something too that I w- i've been thinking a lot about just like you know the effects of social media yeah that, like you and chris have both talked about this too but like that's one of the pieces that i talk to the to the students about a lot is just that it's like if you're physically interacting with somebody like even me now like with my kids and with my wife and with my staff like i have to consciously make the decision to be present to ask people questions about themselves to be engaged because social media makes it super easy to not yeah right and so like if you can't demonstrate those skills in interview because you're desensitized from that from social media like i i think we all need to just take a moment just to be like all right i'm gonna be present like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to you as a human Mm -hmm. being and um and you know we're rambling a little bit but i think that really that's like a big challenge for for us now is to figure out how to keep doing that i mean i yeah ramble or not i think that's a life lesson that i think needs to be taken more seriously than most people realize yeah i mean if you can't sit for 10 minutes without touching your phone at all if like if if you can't sit where we're at right now which i think a lot of people can't couldn't just sit here and not just like even take a selfie if you can't do that i just took one (laughs) we're taking 20 (laughs) selfies we're saying this we're total hypocrites it's just something to think about i'm not saying you're a worse or better person i just think it's something to think about because i have found myself having to consciously rededicate myself to less social media or less just less even email checking as a business owner or less planning and less it's always endless yeah it's never gonna go anywhere so just yeah there's something special to that and you know maybe that nods to the whole spiritual side of just like taking care of your soul yeah which whether or not that's spiritual in a religious way or not i am a big believer that everybody in the world would be better off if they could find a way to just have 10 minutes of solitude and silence a day well i think that like i was talking to alex about this actually at the roastery that like you guys marshmallow (laughs) it's just the best uh you guys have 
in a cafe, you're forced to do this like every day. It's like you're interacting with your customers. Mm-hmm. It's a priority for you guys as a company. I remember, <laughs> I remember when we were in Costa Rica, you told me you were like, here's the model to be, have a successful cafe, smile and clean your bathrooms. <laughs> uh, and that was before I knew I was going to own yeah, one. And this is before you owned a cafe, right? But like the reality is that like if you can create that engagement with your customers, it's special. They're coming back. There's the dolphins They're coming, coming back. back. But um, the way that that translates to us, and this is why I'm so grateful that we have such an amazing staff at Cafe Imports is that like we're about that customer interaction. That's what separates us, I think, oftentimes from our competitors is that like we want to talk on the phone with you. Like yeah. we want to come out and see you. We want to hear about the challenges and the successes that you have roasting and sourcing coffee. And like that's why we do what we do. And I, can I think that, to that well, and I think that that's what you guys do. What you do too is because it's like you guys are customer service driven company, Thank and you. we're we're experiential in that in that way as well. Where it's like if if it wasn't for that, if we were just like flipping containers or just like pushing buttons, like I would be so I wouldn't be into it. Like I wouldn't be here. Me neither. Yeah, it's, and so it's not life giving for me. No, it's not. And like that's the fuel, right? It's like I love I love nothing more than when someone calls and just like wants to talk about like what coffees are excited about right now yeah that's honestly like of all the like meetings and just like management stuff and like all the like things that are essential for a company but aren't always the most fun yeah like when i can just get on the phone and talk to somebody and help them figure out what coffees they are going to work for them yeah that's it dude that is awesome sorry i'm checking the oh yeah we're doing good dude so easy <laughs> do you believe we've done 40 minutes already that's crazy i know just because we're having the best time <laughs> man okay so just what, a couple a couple other questions, or maybe only one, depending on how long we go. How long from when you were hired to your first origin trip? Yeah. So we have now a policy that within the first year mm-hmm. of working at Cafe Imports, you'll go to a coffee producing country. Awesome. Uh, which for us is super important because we just need our staff to be able to connect the dots and talk effectively yeah, about that's coffees. Really important. Uh, super important for us. So um, in addition to like the cupping and sensory skills, that's yes. an essential piece. Okay. So my first trip was to Peru. Okay. And it was within the first year. Um, nobody told me that that was going to be one of the more gnarly trips. I was going to say, that's like really, really high elevation and kind of crazy, right? Yeah. And we were actually in south of Cusco. So we like flew into Cusco, which is like 12,000 feet or something like yeah. that. So you get off the plane and just like these Immediate massive headache. headaches. Oh my God. Um, they serve like coca tea in the hotels. I do not um, do well. <laughs> it's, it was really intense. Like that. Oh, it was, I had never experienced anything, but then the roads, like it is just like the scariest, sketchiest, longest road days. So in a way I'm glad that yeah. I had that one first. Because everyone's easy <laughs> after that. Right? Because we experienced this, you know, with CrossFit as well, where it's like you, every time you can reset the bar of like, oh, oh shit, that was really hard. Yeah. Like anytime you do that with a workout or you do that with an origin trip, the next one seems, or anything in life, the next right. one seems easier, yeah, right? Yeah. So Peru was my first one and it was super sketchy. And then now every other trip is like, oh, that's fine. That's Dude. cool. <laughs> that is true. So, yeah, I mean, it's just getting to... Okay, so when did you get into CrossFit? Let's just do this CrossFit part. Oh, okay. We can't go too long. No, yeah. So, I mean, this was... Um, I got in, I got my level one cert six years ago. 
Oh, so uh, you've been in for a minute. Yeah, been doing CrossFit that makes for a sense, bit. Because you were doing CrossFit, you wanted to find a gym. We were in Costa Rica. So That's that right. Two thousand twelve. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And actually, when we were there, you found the, the Open gym. was was that year, and I needed oh, to that's find. That's why you had to find the gym. <laughs> yeah. So I needed to find a gym that had uh, some bumper plates and a yeah. barbell because I needed to do the Open workout. Oh uh, shit! And so that was super crazy trying to find that place. So you found but, yeah. one in Hako. Yeah, I so remember f- that. Yeah, found a gym. Um, no, it was actually in San Jose. No, San Jose. Yeah, okay. it was in San Jose. Okay. So I did. I did find. One, but yeah, so I've been doing CrossFit for six years. I uh, got my level one, and I actually coach at Timberwolf CrossFit okay. in St. Paul. Awesome. Um, and I coach Friday mornings, five thirty a.m. and seven a.m. before work. Yeah. Um, and it's just like you know, it's just my thing, just to so just to good. have balance. Yeah. That's it. So I get to coach, I get to teach people stuff, I get to be engaged with a community in a different way. Yep. And I absolutely love it, and I I hope I can continue to do it for oh, as long as they'll have me. That is so cool. I did not know that. Okay, that's awesome. Look at you go. Yeah, but no, it's funny now that you're into it oh, and yeah, other people man. because back in the day, in the early days, Nobody I would go in. to like, no, I'd go to like SCA or whatever, like a coffee show. And I'm like, all right, who wants to go do CrossFit? And um, Bronwyn, I don't know if you do. Her, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, you know Bronwyn, yeah. So she uh, used to, at Camp Pull-A-Shot, the very first one, mm-hmm. her and I went to a CrossFit gym in Santa so Barbara Santa together. Barbara? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. we did CrossFit. Oh, so Bronwyn was the OG uh, with me and we would go do CrossFit together. No um, Taylor Brown, uh-huh. who's Taylor and Jorgen in in um Oslo, she would do CrossFit with me too. So I had this like kind of small group of like international people <laughs> that like depending on what city I was in, I would find a gym. But um, funny enough, when we set up our office, so we we Cafe Imports now has an office in Melbourne, in Australia, and in Berlin. Yeah. And when we set up our office in Australia, that was kind of my baby. Like I went down there, I tried to figure out if it made sense, um, and I spent about a month in okay. Melbourne. And so I went to a CrossFit gym called CrossFit Victoria, and I was just kind of doing my thing. And I introduced myself because they're like, where are you from? Where are you, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, no, I work in coffee, you know, and then Taylor like waved her hand at me. She's like, I work in coffee too. And so she had been working. She was, I think she was working at St. Ali at the time. Yep. And she was like, do you want to come get dinner tonight with me and my friend, Matt, who's Matt, Matt Perger. Perger, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I went and got dinner with those two, um, before I even knew anything really about oh, coffee. Great. I was like just a couple years in really. So yeah, it's, it, there's been some weird connections yeah. for sure. Serendipitous for yes, sure. Really, truly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, so for all y'all out there, there is the CrossFit nut who just talks about CrossFit because it's popular. Mm. There's a, those people are out there. Noah and I are not them. We're like believers because it, at least for me, I'll, I'll let Noah speak to it for himself. I'm six months in. I'm brand new. I'm an evangelist about it because it, I have changed a lot in those six months. And one of my favorite things is that I can like, you know, touch the ground cold, you know, with straight legs, stuff like that. Mm. That has just been cool with flexibility. I've learned that places in where I thought I was tired before I actually wasn't. And it was all a mental game. My mental strength has gone up because of it along with the physical strength. Yeah. And there's this, and then just like you spoke before, being able to be proud of yourself for doing something that you're like, I would never have thought I'd be doing that. Like, you know, being able to do 90 to 120 pull-ups in the same, in less than 20 minutes, Mm. stuff like that. Right. When you do like a, a Murph workout, you're like, Okay, Murph takes longer than 20 minutes. But, <laughs> but an hour. W- yeah, but I mean, okay, but I did on Friday last week. I, 90 pull-ups was in the, the deal, and the whole workout took me, you know, 19 minutes. And it's just like, 
Holy shit. It's a big deal, man. Yeah. And yeah. sure, there's there's technique and stuff that help with those pull-ups. So they're not strict. It's not the exact same thing as you might be thinking. But it's like these things happen when you're like, I never. I used to think doing 10 pull-ups in a row strict is a big deal. And now it's like, okay, just things change. And you just become aware of what you're capable of. Yep. And I'd say that this world, as much as everybody tries to tell you it's your oyster, is so competitive that really this world is trying to keep you from being your best. Mm. And I'd say that CrossFit is actually aimed to do the exact opposite and actually try to make you your best. And for me, and I think our companies want to do the same thing, we want to make the best people out of whoever comes through our doors. Whether it's a guest, we want to make the best of it. Mm. And so for me, that's been huge. I, and I don't, I, I went vision talk on you a little bit. I went a little bit. No, preachy, that's good. Yeah, I think that that's right. I mean, like, you know, if you look at the gym, if you look at a CrossFit gym, it's like a group of people that normally wouldn't mix, right? Oh, for sure. That's my favorite, one of my favorites, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's They'd like, never hang out together. No, it's like, it's a group of people that normally wouldn't mix, but it's like, we share this common bond of like being on a sinking ship together and yes. surviving, right? Yes. Like, that's the whole deal is that it's like, you you can kind of just know that it's like, wow, we just, we got through that together, yes. right? So it's like, even though it's like just this hour class, like, it it's goes special. back to that camaraderie of just that it's like, we did this together. And again, so now going back, like full circle back to this idea of like being like a you know piece of shit like selfish like not thinking about anybody but yourself to suddenly being part of a larger community like that's healing that's health right it like is. that's what it's all about so like that's where you get thrust into this community of just that it's like cool like i'm a part of this thing like mm-hmm. i didn't even ask to be i'm maybe not cool enough to be here but like everyone here is like welcoming me everyone here is um has that shared experience and so yeah that's that's what i love about crossfit so much um and that's that's why like anywhere i go i have a home yeah anywhere. i totally feel you and i still remember the first real workout i went to you know for first real class after fundamentals i'm like so nervous and everybody just cheers you on you're like one of the last to get done. They're just like, you got this. Like, and they're not cheesy. It's not cheerleader style where they're paid to do it. It's like they really are there for you. Because they've and been it's there. it's such a trip. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah, maybe to sum this, this, this podcast up because we're about it an hour. It's like take that feeling and that idea to wherever you work. And just remember that, like, if you are supportive and encouraging to people in a genuine way, like, it makes a huge difference. And I can just tell you that from myself. Like, I go to a class now where, and part of it is that I love to actually just go and be taught because my job now is to think and teach and plan and, Mm. you know, be at the top because I started down that path and I'm happy to do it. But to go somewhere and to actually just feel like people accept you and encourage you and they don't, you know, maybe take for granted because you're the leader that everything's like perfect and you Mm -hmm. don't need this that and the other it feels so good to just have that acceptance and be like i don't have to be perfect i just have to try yeah and so that's something that i think is more powerful than people could imagine and i encourage you all to do that in your day-to-day work in in a way where you're just not like checking the box of being nice to people (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i think that's the that's what we just talked about today is like 
figure out ways to be of service to the people around you, whether that's your coworkers or whether that's your customers. And like life's going to make sense, it you will. know, and like it's easy to sit around and feel sorry for yourself. But like if you're down to go put in the work and hustle and like figure out ways to engage There's your whales out there. See the spray? Yeah, look at that. Watch out there. Wow. You'll see more that's, spray see, your that's, that's the, si that's the sign right here. Yeah. It's just that it's like, you know, figure out, figure out those ways that you can engage and that's really the answer that's like to me that's the answer to like everything is just that like how can i be a part of something bigger than myself yeah dude and and oh yeah that was not a joke when i said noah flew out here just for the night just for today only so thank you noah for yeah, making course. the trip out he's not bsing when he says cafe imports is about relationships it is happening yeah he saw whales now there's the top of it it's very small but it's out there and uh he saw whales. He saw dolphins. I really appreciated this talk. Unbelievable. I think everybody will be too. Super stoked on it. Cafeimports.com. Check out his website. They have also an awesome podcast. Yeah. Is that still going on? Opposites Extract. Yeah. It's on, it's on hiatus right now. Okay. Uh, but season two, uh, not sure uh, exact date, but yeah, it will be come. coming back. Yep. Nice. And that's Meister and Joe. They do a great job as well. Yep. Your whole staff's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. And I uh, hope you all had a great time. Mm, let's go do then. some CrossFit. Let's go CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs>